Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 234. Getting excited for your Royal Caribbean cruise, especially when it's right around the corner, comes naturally. So when a friend and myself both have a cruise coming up, we had to talk about it together. On this week's episode, we feature not one, but two cruise previews as Michael Poole and I discuss our upcoming sailings on Navigator of the Seas and Brilliance of the Seas. We will share why we booked these sailings, what we have planned, and what will be different for us on this cruise. Here we go. Here at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, we often bring to you cruise previews where we talk about an upcoming Royal Caribbean cruise. And oftentimes, we focus on a particular person's cruise that happens to be coming in the future. Sometimes it's mine, sometimes it's somebody else's, but we are always looking for ways to enhance your audio listening experience. And what's better than one cruise preview? Two cruise previews at the same time. Yes, my friends. We here at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com are always looking to push the envelope and bring to you the latest and greatest in Royal Caribbean anything. And so we thought, what better way to to achieve that than to bring with you this week's episode where we have not one but two cruise previews. This is a dueling cruise preview. And uh, to join me to talk about our upcoming cruises, plural, I have the one, the only, Michael Poole. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. And I can't believe it, but it's finally our week of cruising. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yes. Which also, by the way, incidentally, when it happens to be your week of cruising, no matter who it is, whether it's me or Michael or yourself listening at home, the week that you go on the cruise is also the slowest week of the year because it just crawls by as you as the day, just in anticipation. Oh my gosh, this morning I'm like, I have to go to work five more days, Matt. I know yours is sooner, but I, I'm just like, I know it's going to go so slow. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about our cruises. I am going on a four-night Western Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas cruise out of Tampa, Florida. And Michael, tell our audience where you're going. Well, I'm actually kind of doing a back-to-back in a way. So I've got Navigator of the Seas this Sunday, January 28th, doing a five-night um, Western Caribbean cruise, and then I'll get off Navigator on Friday, February 2nd, and then walk over to my favorite ship, Enchantment of the Seas, for a three-night Bahamas cruise. Right. So you're doing a – I think it's called a side-to-side, right? Your, your ship oh, yes. Navigator uh, home ports in Miami currently, and so does Enchantment. So when your Navigator cruises over, you're going to disembark Navigator and then go to the other cruise terminal in Port Miami and go right back on. Enchantment, that, that is. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if all works out well, they're going to dock, you know, right beside each other and it's going to be a short little walk over with our luggage and <laughs> and everyone will be sad that the cruise is over. But we're like, it's time for part two. Nice. I'm excited for this. And of course, the second half of the cruise uh, or the second cruise you're taking, I should say, the Enchantment cruise, of course, is a uh, is a group cruise. It's uh, RC Periscopers live uh, group cruise that's for in coordination with the Super Bowl. And so I know you've been looking forward to that, and you got some friends with you on on Navigator in the first half. So pretty sad. We'll get to all that, though, in a second here as we talk about this. So let's talk about – I love talking about this, Michael. Why did you book – let's start with Navigator. Why did you book Navigator? Okay, so I actually booked it a little over a year ago and decided to cancel it because the price was just outrageous. It was so expensive. And I was like, I just can't do that. I'll stick to just my Enchantment Super Bowl cruise, which is still, I mean, it's a great cruise. But, you know, I kept looking at it, you know me, every single day for a year. And finally, I saw the price drop. And my good friend, Brandon Owen, uh, wanted to come as well. So 
you know, it was such a low price and, you know, we're sharing the cost and I'm already flying down to Miami. So I might as well uh, take advantage of it and, and go on two cruises. There you go. Now, our, Michael famously, he, Michael lives in Florida. And Michael famously flies in the state. Like, he'll, he, where most of us drive and, like, ah, two hour drive, no big deal. Michael flies, and we're always just like, what, what, why, why? Anyway, I love are, you it. Driving or, are you driving or flying this time? I'm flying. I'm flying. Uh, <laughs> I'm flying a Sunday morning, the day of the cruise, which, you know, we tell you don't do this. Uh, but I feel comfortable doing it because, in the absolute worst case scenario, I can. If everything goes wrong with my flight, I can always just jump in the car and drive. So I have a backup plan, but flying in the morning of the cruise, uh, bright and early, and hopefully all goes well. I, I certainly hope that it doesn't go bad at all. But I am kind of curious, just like what would be the threshold? What would be the point in which you say, forget this, I'm out, and you would you know immediately leave? And then engage in a drive similar to that time you got pulled over in Jacksonville. That's a callback <laughs> to a really old episode of the podcast. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you remember that. Um, that's a good question. My flight's at 7 in the morning, so I'd probably give it till about you know 10 or 11, and then I, it'd be time to hit the road real fast. Um, yeah. Because you know, I'm in Tampa, so it's a, it's a four-hour, three-and-a-half-hour drive. Yeah. That's no joke. Um, I put my brilliance cruise because for what other reason, Michael, then I just wanted to go on another Royal Caribbean. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, the yellow bucket moment. Exactly. Totally. Uh, you know what, what ended up happening was it was the uh, depths of winter here in Florida, which means it got down to 65. And I was sitting at home and think it was right before New Year's. And I discovered that I think I had like an extra couple hours of vacation time coming my way. And then, of course, you know, the wheels in my head started turning, and I told my wife, I was like, let's go on a cruise, let's do a, a quick Fortnite cruise, getaway, January. Um, actually, I had some friends of ours that were had gone, they, at the time they were going on a cruise, um, th- around the same time, earlier in the month, and I was like, well, we'll join them for it, it'll be great. And unfortunately, my, my wife didn't say it wouldn't just work uh, scheduling-wise with the kids and school and whatnot, so long story short, we convinced my parents to come down and watch our kids so my wife and I can go on the cruise uh, ourselves, which is, like, awesome because we don't – we love our children. Uh, don't get me wrong. But, you know, an opportunity for us to just kind of get away. It's a four-night cruise and be able to enjoy the cruise on our own. Uh, that was certainly very enticing, being the fact that the cruise is leaving out of Tampa, which living in Orlando, we – that's a short one-hour drive over there. Very easy to go to. And so it kind of all worked itself there. And, of course, as any husband knows, if you nag your wife or significant other long enough, eventually they give in and give you the old do whatever you want, which is code for book it. Um, That's wife speak for YOLO, book it, Michael. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. So um, I went ahead and did it. I've been been on Brilliance before uh, back in 2015. And, Michael, you've been on Navigator before, right? I have, uh, but it's been five years, so I haven't been on Navigator since the dry dock that it went through. I think, you know, three years ago. It's been some time, yeah. Um, but I, but I, I've been on Navigator a total of three times, so I'm really looking forward to getting back on board. What kind of stateroom do you have booked for Navigator? So we booked a inside guarantee, and we ended up with a virtual inside, which. I've never tried that type of cabin before, so you know, new experience. It should be a little something different. I'm happy with the cabin. I am literally like 
eight feet from the concierge lounge for happy hour. So that works out well, too. (laughs) Uh, It couldn't be a better location. So, you know, I'm really just excited about, you know, trying to, you know, trying out some more on Navigator and some of the new features that they added. um, Because I feel like everybody has been on Navigator the last couple of years with me. Navigator is a fantastic ship. I love it. In fact, I'm staring at my coffee mug that has Navigator at the seas right now. And, uh, you know, I love the Voyager class and the additions they added, I believe it was in 2014, are just terrific. And uh, I think you're going to love it, Michael. And, of course, it's a great prelude because, of course, Navigator is going to start offering short cruises uh, out of uh, Miami. Navarro? Miami? Yeah, I get it all confused with where they're going. Yeah. There's a lot of musical chairs going on, but out of Florida. And they're, uh, you know, having those short cruises, I know that you're a big fan of those three and four nighters. So this just adds another uh, another option for you. And if you get the little preview here, and five nights is great. So being able to get that, and then obviously maybe that'll get you uh, a little more enticed to go try out Navigator at, when she does the shorter sailings as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, and you know, Mariner will be in... Port Canaveral, so we're going to have two Voyager class ships doing the three nights. I mean, our options, Matt, like, I can already see it now. We're like, hey, you want to go? YOLO book it. <laughs> YOLO book it. YOLO not- do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and not that, you know, I love the enchantment, you know, that's my favorite ship, but, you know, sometimes the Majesty, you know, is a little older ship, and I don't know, I, I'm just really excited about some some upgraded ships here in Florida doing the shorter sailings. Nice. For our brilliant sailing, we did a guarantee as well, Michael, but we did the ocean balcony guarantee. And uh, the reason was because the difference between an interior or even an ocean view to to balcony was like $200 total. So, okay. going back to that episode that Michael and I did where we said, you know, would you, you know, should you up, should you do it, should you up, I forgot what I called that one, but we debated upgrading. For $200, we kind of figured it was totally worth just going for the balcony and getting that extra space. Uh, and certainly, uh, we ended up with a uh, deluxe ocean view stateroom with balcony on deck eight. Not a bad location for it. And I'm pretty excited because the last time we did Brilliance, we were in an inside room. And, you know, for the same reason that you booked your inside room because it's like, you know, you're, you know, you guys are how much time you're really spending in your room. But for this sailing, you know, we just figured it was worth a little extra money and being able to uh, have a different kind of experience also. Since this is a Radiance class ship having a balcony, it'll be kind of nice because we haven't done a balcony on Radiance class since I was on Jewel of the Seas way back in 2013. Nice. Are you, are you happy with the location you got? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, when One of the tips, we should talk about that. If you do a guarantee stateroom, Royal Caribbean will assign you a room. But once they assign you the room, you have the ability, if there is any other rooms in that category, to change the room location. So you know if they assign you... Deck seven, and you'd rather be eight doors away from the concierge lounge or whatever it is Michael was said that he was at. <laughs> you know, you can if that room is available, you can do that. Uh, there's no additional cost or anything like that. You can change the rooms. So it's actually pretty easy to do, and and a and a nice little strategy. But yeah, the one they assigned to me, I looked at, I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's and of course, being on a Radiance class ship, Michael. I mean, your room location isn't that isn't as important, I think, as certainly an Oasis class. I know you're a big ship kind of guy. Uh, but you know, being able to have that location makes you know makes more of a difference. I think on larger ships, but for what we had, I was totally okay with it. Nice, and I, I just want to make it clear, just in case anybody was kind of wondering, you can change cabin types, change within the same category. So, yes. like if if they give you, I think now it's called, was it? I'm trying to think. D8 is it 8D now? Um, but 
essentially you have to stay in that same category in order to change cabins without incurring a different price. Um, but it's a great tip. I've done it almost every single cruise. I've, I've kind of changed location until this one, since I'm right beside the lounge, it's, it works out perfect. Nice. Let's talk about itinerary. I am going, we only have one port stop. It's a four night cruise. We're going to Cozumel. Where are you going? I'm going to Cozumel as well, but I'm also going on a brand new port. I've never been to Costa Maya, so I am so excited. Um, you know, it's always fun to just do something different in the Caribbean. I think we've all been to Cozumel so many times, so I'm looking forward to uh, going to Costa Maya. Have you ever been there, Matt? Yeah, I went to Costa Maya on Oasis of the Seas my, uh, back in 2010, going back there in March on Rhapsody of the Seas, and I loved it a lot. I mean, it's... it's uh, Maya Chan is to me. Maya Chan it has a lot to offer, but to me, it is home to arguably the best all-inclusive re- experience I've ever been to, which is Maya Chan Resort. Uh, going back there again in March. I'm very excited for that. But uh, what do you have planned for for Costa Maya? Well, you know, I'm with Gerald and Brandon, so they're wanting to go to the Crazy Lobster, which is. You know, I've never been, so I'll definitely, you know, include some more details in my live blog about it. But it's, you know, you don't pay anything to enter. They just ask that you purchase something, you know, a drink or food. Um, and I think the public transportation is like 2 or $3 out there. So it's a really good option, I think, if you're trying to, you know, stay on a budget. Um, right. when you're when you're cruising so you know it, and chairs or umbrellas are included there's no cost on those so but yes. you know it's a public beach um so i'm looking forward to it something different absolutely and you know what it reminds a lot of like paradise beach in cozumel where it's just you know mm-hmm. very low cost to get there and you pay for what you use essentially which which isn't bad so right. nice choices all around um for cozumel i don't know about you michael i struggled with this a lot and i only struggled with it because there's so many great options in cozumel i've been there a ton of times and i'm actually going back i did the math i'm going back three more times this year so i don't have to worry necessarily about fomo you know fear of missing out i'll i'll work it i'll work it all out but what ultimately swayed me michael was we decided not to do a beach activity primarily because we're going in january and the weather looks like it's going to be fairly not, – not like super hot, which is good. I actually like it when it's comfortable as I'm not sweating to death. So we're actually going to just going to – I think because we don't have the kids, we're going to go like do our own little bar crawl, food crawl in Cozumel, downtown Cozumel, and kind of just, you know, wherever we go. If you want to have some more drinks here, why not? Of course, you know, Mexico is uh, very famous for its uh, inexpensive – Nature, primary, uh, you know, one dollar cervezas and guacamole all over the place. I mean, we'll just you know eat and drink ourselves into a stupor, and then go back to the ship. And I kind of feel like that's not a bad way to spend our day because on a subsequent trips we go later this summer, and when it's a bazillion degrees out, that's when we go and try out some, maybe some new beaches or all inclusive resorts. Nice. So I'm also going to Cozumel three times in the next like two months. So I don't know. Every cruise I'm going on is going to Cozumel. Um, but so I know this is crazy, but I've been to Cozumel probably eight times or something like that, Matt. And yeah. I've never been downtown. What? I know. I know. You know, all I do is just go to Nachi. I'm a creature of habit. I just go to Nachi. Um, so this cruise, I decided it's time. Um, so I'm doing essentially the exact same thing you're doing. Our group, I think there's eight or nine of us that just randomly booked this sailing. And so we're going to get together and go downtown and, and search for those uh, $1 cervezas as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Again, trying something different. Um, 
you know, a, a low cost day to just explore Cozumel. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a great plan. So, uh, back on board the ship, Michael. What is we're going to talk about? Let's talk about the most important things: dining and drinking. Let's talk with uh, dining strategy. What are you eating in the dining room? Are you doing special dining? Both? What's your um? So I will be doing specialty dining night one. I will will likely go to Giovanni's on the Navigator, and we're going to do a group sabor um, night five. But I'll be honest, Matt. What are the odds that I make it to the last night of the cruise before I go to Sabor? I mean, we we got to be <laughs> we got to be realistic here. So, yep. I'll be in Sabor a couple times throughout the week. I'm not doing chops on Navigator. I'm saving that for Enchantment since it's the only specialty restaurant on the Enchantment. So, um, so and and we'll do one night in the dining room and probably one night in the Windjammer, and, and I'll probably do Sabor twice in Giovanni. So a little bit of everything actually. Nice. Uh, I got a uh, a. A tip for you going on uh, Navigator this season. One thing that I remember when I was on board is, speaking of sports, sport has a cover charge to it, much like all especially restaurants on Navigator. And one of the things was uh, look for some of the demonstrations they do. Like it'll listen to the cruise fighter, like, you know, learn how to make guacamole, right? And ordinarily, Michael, I would be like, okay, I don't need to go to that. That's fine. Like, I'm going to go, you know, do something else. But when we were there on Navigator, I remember uh, one other time, they actually offered, they handed out like discounts, like, oh, for coming to this, it's not really you have to go to it. You just, like, they did it by the pool, and all I did was sit by the, on the pool chair. And they were like, for coming to this, if we're watching this, everybody can go get 50% off reservations if you make it right now. So, of course, I shot out of my chair and I pushed <laughs> the kids out of the way, and I was like, me first, you know? So, it doesn't hurt to, you know, to your point, maybe you see an option, an opportunity. Look for those in the cruise planner. This is a good strategy, by the way, if you look for uh, any of these kind of options, uh, whether we're talking about Sabor or maybe a Giovanni's table or an Izumi. Sometimes they offer these kind of discounts if uh, they have these kind of de- – it's, it's not always the case, but it can be a, a, something to look look for, especially you know if they're just doing it, like uh, like I said, on the pool deck when you're already there. No, I like it. Um, I, I know we had some, some followers from the blog recently on Navigator, and they've reported some similar deals like that. So I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Uh, anytime you can save a buck on vacation, it's a future cruise dollar. So why not? Absolutely. Speaking of saving a buck on a vacation, my wife and I we were talking about what we wanted to do. And my wife was like, I really just want to do specialty dining. Just, you know, for, we'll, we'll skip the main dining room. We like the main dining room. I'm not one of these main dining room haters. I, I do like it a lot. But we decided we'll just do the special. And I said, sure. And why not? Just, let, just you know, me and my wife, why, let's go a little special. And I was going to book the right, the regular uh, three-night dining package. Uh, and the other night, we're just going to be recovering from Cozumel. But the uh, but I actually found Michael the Bogo specialty dining package where you get buy one get one for a lower price, and then booking Giovanni's on its own was cheaper than booking the three night dining package. And I was like, it was like that Burger King commercial where it's like, oh, someone's getting fired. <laughs> like it's just like you know this is like a mistake. But lo and behold, we're we're trying something different. It's so the first time doing the Bogo specialty dining package. And then, you know, we're doing, uh, I think we're saving about $15 a person with this approach. This may not work for everybody, but in general, a little tip, consider all options, you know, especially if you're doing, uh, especially dining for just part of your cruise, you may find it to be less expensive to go this route. I'm looking forward to hearing your experience on that because I've booked it for myself in March on Brilliance and just see, you know, what it's like. You know, do they leave a card in your room on how you were assigned and, and what the process is like? I, I assume it's very easy to change it, but like I've never used the the two night Bogo deal ever. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I do that. I mean, I've done the other packages before, but not this one. So, yeah, we shall see. But uh, speaking of changes, Michael and I are, <laughs> at least as of right now, I can't speak for Michael. Of course, look, who knows what happens when you get on board the ship. But as of right now, we are both committed not to buying an unlimited alcohol package on our respective cruises. This is something that we dis- we discuss a lot. Michael, why don't you talk to us about why you're deciding not to purchase an, al- an unlimited alcohol package on your Navigator sailing? Okay, so I'll go ahead and, and throw a disclaimer. I'm definitely buying it on Enchantment, but that's because it's three nights and it's cheap, uh, and I'm with 50 people. So right, that's a that's a no brainer. It's a group cruise. You gotta you gotta break the rules when when you're in a group of that size. But for the Navigator, you know, we only have two sea days in day one, and you know we're going to be in two ports all day. And I was playing around with the numbers, and it just it, I just didn't think that. I could one do it for eight straight nights because I'm on a five and then three, and then two. I was like, the drink package is literally the exact same price as what I paid for this cruise. So <laughs> I was just like, I mean, it was. I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, so my plan is to take advantage of the lounges with the diamond drinks and use the card. Uh, we are all carrying on wine, and then you know there'll be a bottle of wine in my room. So. And I've even looked at compasses that are on the Royal Caribbean blog, shameless plug, right? On the top right corner, it says cruise compass. And I've been going through some previous cruises, and it looks like they always have, like, deals, like, on the sea days. So I'm seeing $2 mimosas in the casino. And so for the name of research, Matt, as you would say, I am going with no drink package to see if I come out ahead. So what's your plan? Yeah, same same basic strategy. I mean, really what it comes down to, Michael, and I realized this on the last couple of cruises. I mean, a group cruise, that's a different story. And, you know, when in Rome, you know, you got to go with it. But when you're cruising, you know, just kind of – I mean, you're still cruising with friends. But I just kind of figure like off 90% of the time when I'm with the drink package, I'm like always drinking just because I have the drink package, you know. I'm at a theater. I'm sitting at a restaurant. And it's like, well, I got the drink package. May as well order a drink. And then yeah. it just kind of gets me. It's like – Am I drinking because I want to drink or am I drinking because I just got the package? And, you know, so I, I'm i going to go on the other side of the fence and get the not get the package this time and see how that goes. And, you know, it, it's, it almost like flies in the face of logic, right? It's like, Matt, you're going on a cruise without kids. Shouldn't you be like doubling down on the drink package? But it's not really – I don't know. It's not my thing. Like I don't need to – drink all that much i can certainly have enough to drink and to your point michael i mean you know what first of all me and michael are both diamond michael's diamond plus but we're both at least diamond members in crown and anchor society so we're entitled to complimentary drinks in the evening furthermore we we're bringing the two bottles of wine you know we're gonna roll the dice that perhaps a drink card will be available where you can purchase 10 drinks at a time and it's a uh, far less of a cost and the other thing michael is i told my wife this is even if i buy three or four drinks a day, I'm still coming out ahead of the drink package because, you know, usually you need to drink a little bit more than that to quote unquote break even on it. So it's, you know, I I really feel like financially it makes more sense and, you know, we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm not like terribly worried about it, but I think in the grand scheme of things, knowing how we cruise, I feel like it's still a better decision to kind of, go without the package for us. And then again, I've changed my mind like eight times about what I feel about the drink <laughs> package. But, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it, I think at this point, this is the decision we've kind of made. I agree. And, you know, I'm, 
I'm kind of with you. It's like you wake up in the morning, you're like, well, let's go drink. It's, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because you're on vacation. You need to enjoy yourself. But it's almost like, like you said, we're just doing it because we want to get our values worth. And, you know, by the end of the day, sometimes you're just like, you're already in drink fatigue and it's dinner time. And um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy cocktails. And if, you know, I've even talked to my friends going and I was like, you know, let's just buy a bucket of beer and we can split it and somebody else gets the next bucket. So, you know, if you spend 30 bucks on a C-Day on some beers, like, I still think you come out ahead with without yeah. the package. And, so. and that's a really good point. It's something that you know a lot of times we look at the drink package. We always look at the full price. But Michael brought up the, the beer bucket and he mentioned some drink specials earlier on. And that's really important, Michael, because there are specials on board your cruise. You will see signs posted at various bars. They'll be listed in the cruise campus like Michael said. They are out there. You need to seek them out. They may not be at the pool bar, but you're going to find like oftentimes the casino has like happy hour. Where they do like sometimes it's BOGO kind of deals like you know buy one get one or it's you know half off or whatever the on air clubs and this is like discounted margaritas you know cheap bloody marys in the morning the drink of the day is always a special that's available all over the ship basically one cocktail is usually about twenty five percent less than it's usually so there are ways to drink cheaper and you know you can make it financially viable to go that route and not get a package I think all too often. We've, I say we, like, you know, the global, the Royal Caribbean cruising community has gotten caught up in the drink packages, and they are, they can be a great value, and they're certainly very, very convenient and have their own value, you know, their own benefits to it. But you don't need, need, emphasis on need, to get a drink package. It's certainly nice, and it can be a good idea for, for some folks, but it's not to say that if you don't have the drink package, you can't drink on the cruise. Far from it, you can still do pretty well for yourself. I agree. And, you know, now you can carry on two bottles of wine per cabin. Yep. You know, if you want to, you know, they do charge a corking fee in, in the restaurants, but if you want to pour yourself a glass of wine and walk to dinner, you're fine. Like, and you can have, you know, a glass of wine at dinner with without feeling the need that you have to have the package to have, you know, drinks during dinner. So, I think when you combine it all together, the deals, the wine, you know, even the captain's reception on night two, formal night, they hand out free champagne. So. It's out there. You just gotta, you gotta, you know, search for it. And I'm looking forward to saving 300 bucks, Matt. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like my mom always told me, Michael. You don't have to drink to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so of course, if you want to follow along my my uh, my antics and Michael's uh, antics on both ships. Uh, I'll be live blogging at brilliance.of.the.seas.live. Michael will be live blogging at navigator.of.the.seas.live. Of course, I'll have sh- links in our show notes to uh, to both blogs. And you can find all of this at royalcreamblog.com. Don't forget to check that out. Michael, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, follow. Actually, I would say by following along, I'm lying. I'll be following along when I get back home and reading all the blog posts. But I know that a lot of folks love reading the blog, the live blogs, and I think it's going to be an awesome time. So hoping, wishing you the best of times on board, both your ships. You as well, Matt, and I look forward to our experiences with no drink package at seas. I think we're going to really enjoy it. All right, my friends, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where we go into the Royal Caribbean blog inbox and read the questions and emails you've sent me all about Royal Caribbean cruising. And, of course, if you want your email read... 
You can always send it to me by emailing Matt at RoyalCreamingBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCreamingBlog.com. Our first email to us this week comes to us from Keith, who writes, Dear Matt, in your email replies during your recent podcast, you received an email regarding smoking on balconies. While your answer dealt with the issues regarding passenger comfort, I feel the most important reason for the smoking ban can be summed up in two words, Star Princess. At 3 a.m. while sailing to Jamaica, a fire started on a balcony of the Star Princess and quickly spread, leaving one dead, several injured, and 100 cabins damaged, and had the passengers standing at their muster stations. It was later determined the likely cause was a discarded cigarette. While the cruise lines have spent millions in renovations to prevent another incident of this nature from occurring, I still feel this more than any other reason is why smoking should be prohibited on balconies. On a separate note, I have a question regarding specialty dining packages. A few months ago, while checking the cruise planner for the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Symphony of the Seas, there were several specialty dining packages available. I recently checked back, and there are no longer on the planner. Is this an item that I can expect to see again closer to the, the cruise, or have they quote-unquote sold out or decided not to offer it on our sailing? Thanks again for all you do. Keep up the good work. P.S. I was also honored to see one of my photos as the best of 2017 Friday photos on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Keith, thank you for the photos and the email. Yes, good point. By the way, you're absolutely right. If there's one danger to that is the most paramount of all dangers on a cruise ship, it is definitely fire. And there's no question that obviously smoking in general is, involves fire, and that is clearly a clear and present danger to cruising. So you're absolutely correct, Keith. I was certainly looking at it from the guest perspective, but from the cruise line perspective, it makes a lot of sense to limit smoking to certain areas and, you know, kind of contain it as much as possible so that way they can, you know, react if there is any kind of incident there. So you're 100% right. On your question about specialty dining packages and they were there, they're not there, there's two possibilities. One is, like you alluded to, perhaps they did sell it. I don't think that's the case. I think more likely it's just the website being weird and why they're not offering it anymore. Who knows? You know, a lot of times the Rail Carbon website, especially the cruise planner, what logic they use to have something show up or not show up, it's anyone's guess. It has to deal with uh, a variety of factors that, quite frankly, none of us are are, are uh, present for or, or aware of because, you know, it's a lot of internal decisions. But also, sometimes just the website just doesn't function correctly. My suggestion, Keith, first and foremost, I think I would be shocked if they didn't offer the dining packages uh, as per usual. I got to think that that's an anomaly, and sooner or later they will return because the dining packages are a huge revenue source for Royal Caribbean. The drink packages, the internet packages, the dining packages, it's it's really a bread and butter for where they go financially. And seeing that, at least at the recording of this podcast, we're about oh, 10 months or so before the cruise, I really don't think someone in, in Miami is saying, you know what, we've sold enough of these packages for the sailing. We don't need to offer them anymore. I just have a hard time believing that. So my gut tells me, Keith, that I'm hungry and that it's <laughs> that we need that it's going to return on the on the uh, on the website at some point. So uh, fingers crossed, Keith, and uh, I think we'll hopefully see that there. But it's an excellent question. Thank you for the email. Our next email to us comes from Dan Todd from Minnesota, and Dan actually has a voicemail for us. Yes, somebody use the voicemail. We have a voicemail feature that we've had since the beginning of the podcast, but it's okay. It's it's fallen out of favor. I think people just like sending the emails. It's a heck of a lot easier, no question about it. But if you're interested in having your uh, call your email in the form of a voice, and basically you call in instead of writing me in, you can absolutely do that. You just have to dial 408-6-ROYAL-6. 408-6-ROYAL-6. You'll get a voicemail. Don't worry, I'm not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> and you just leave me a message with just the way Dan has it. So take it away, Dan. Hello, Matt. My name is Dan Cotter. I'm calling from Minnesota. I'm not a big computer person. I'm, I do have a little knowledge of computer. I'm listening to your 
one of your past uh, podcasts, number 211 on food. Uh, this would be my first cruise on Royal Caribbean with my family. And I have a question about, um, uh-huh. do, do they offer, if we don't have a pop pass, uh, I mean, we're still debating on getting one for m- myself and my family. I mean, we'll probably get one. But in the restaurants, do we have, if we get a pop in the in the main dining room in the restaurant, whether it be uh, the My Time Dining or the traditional dining, do we pay for that pop if we don't have a pop pass? Um, I was just kind of curious. I didn't see anything on any uh, sites or anything like that that would let me know if uh, sodas and that in uh, like the Windjammer, uh, since they're open most of the day, um, offer pop uh, with the, you know, if you go in there and get a separate pop or whatever with your meal, or do you need to have a pop pass in order to uh, get a pop from whether it be the Windjammer or the uh, main dining room? Thank you so much for your time. I hope to hear from you. Thanks. Bye. Dan, thank you for the voicemail. It's a great question. Dan wants to know if you don't have a soda package, whether it's your, you know, the refreshment package, the soda package, the deluxe beverage package, any kind of beverage package that includes soda. What do you do if you want to have a glass of soda or a can of soda, or whatever, at one of the restaurants, be it the main dining room or the one you're And the answer is you just pay for it individually, Dan. You can tell your waiter in 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 the case of the main dining room, if you're there for dinner, you'd like to have a Coke or Sprite or whatever. You just tell your waiter, hey, I'd like to have one, and they will charge you individually for it. This is true of anywhere on board the ship, whether you're talking about the Windjamer, you're talking about a bar somewhere on a lounge. You can always order drinks, be it soda, alcohol, virgin drinks, any beverage, really, that is not included with the cruise, obviously. Soda comes at an extra cost, and you can purchase them individually. There's uh, there's no limit, obviously, on that. More to that point, also, I'd add, and this is something I talked about earlier in the podcast with Michael, which is that, of course, you know, we often talk about drink packages a lot because it's a very, fairly popular topic, but you don't have to get a soda package. You don't have to get any kind of drink package. You can certainly be fine ordering, you know, a random soda here or a random soda there. And you can absolutely take advantage of that. So to answer your question, yes, you go to the main dining room, you go to the Windjammer, and you want to grab a soda. Just uh, In the case of the main dining room, tell your waiter. In the case of the Windjammer, you'd have to probably, well, there's two possibilities. One is that you, there are waiters that go around, and they can get one for you, and they'll bring you, they'll ask for your pass card, and then they'll bring it back to you, and you'll sign it, just like anywhere else, really. Or you can also, there's usually a bar in the Windjammer, usually by the front, although it depends on the ship, obviously. Anyway, there's a bar usually in the Windjammer, you can go over there and order one from the bar, and same difference. So, uh, definitely can get your soda fix there even if you don't have a soda package dan thank you for the voicemail love it our next email comes to us from andrew averbeck ritz just an fyi since i'm listening to the latest podcast we just got off allure the season december 10th to 17th when we went back to the nursery on day three it was booked up every night except san juan where we were in port until 8 p.m we took that night because it was the only option and also picked up a random day for two hours we had to pick them by 5 p.m because they had already full with a different night different kids for that night I guess we may have just got unlucky on a cruise with a pool of th- under three-year-olds. We also had some capacity issues in the pool for kids in diapers, so I suppose that confirms that. Andrew, thank you for the email. Your experience definitely is not what I've experienced. I wouldn't consider it the norm. Uh, you know, the under three set, first of all, there's not that many under threes usually, and moreover, there's usually not that many parents willing to pay for the nursery. What I found, Andrew, is that a lot of parents forego the nursery simply because it has an extra cost, in which I'm like, listen, I, I mean, it's the best, you know, couple dollars an hour I'm going to spend in my life. Let someone else take care of my kids so I can enjoy some time, you know, on my own. I love it. I would tell you, Andrew, that your experience was definitely, I would, I have to call it an, an outlier. You know, I know that we've talked about the nursery 
on some recent podcasts and, and in general here on realcommingblog.com. But to have it booked up to that extent is not usually the norm. Now, a couple things that I would uh, add if anyone's looking to go on a cruise with an under three year old and wants to take advantage of the nursery, and I think we've talked about this on other podcasts, but still worth repeating. Number one, go to the nursery on embarkation day. There's going to be an open house usually in the afternoon where you can go register your child. Also, check out the facilities and ask any questions. But what you want to do on that first day is register as many hours as they will let you. Usually, nine out of ten times, they will limit you for the first couple days. Say, okay, uh, sir, madam, you can, I think on seven night cruise, it's almost always 16 hours, right? You can book up to 16 hours, and then after like day three, I think, they allow you to open up bookings. The reason for that for that rule is so that everybody has an equal opportunity to make reservations and no, you know, hotchbergs are running around and booking up all the hours right on the get-go. That being said, uh, what you want to do is, if my, my strategy has always been, uh, go there, like I said, on the first day. Book up a lot of the time in the first part of the cruise. So, you know, I usually, when we go, we always go for, I think, 7 to 11 is our go-to amount of time. Because that way, my wife and I can, we usually have 8 p.m. dinner. And my other daughter, my older daughter, goes to Adventure Ocean, and they open at 7. So, the idea is that we basically put both kids in at 7, and then we have 7 to 8 o'clock, we have, my wife and I can enjoy a drink or a show or whatever is before dinner, right? Do something fun. Then go to dinner. Have, do maybe something after dinner and then come pick up the children. And so 7-11 is, if my math is right, four hours. And if you do that on day one, that's four. Day two, that's eight. Day three, that's 12. And day four, that's 16. That usually hits the limit right there, right? But by day three, they're going to open up the, the times, the bookings again for everybody. And there's no limit at that point. And I... It's it's a gamble to be honest with you, but I do it on purpose because I know that once we if we're Johnny on the spot on day three, or the beginning of day four, however it works out, you know, say oh the opening the bookings are open right, and then we book the rest of the cruise and take advantage of that. But I usually go for that. Number two, the other strategy to also keep in mind is once you're in the system, it's a lot easier to extend hours than it is to get into the system. What I mean by that is, let's say you book, I'll make up times here, uh, eight to ten, two hours, okay, eight p.m. to ten p.m. Not a lot of time. But you go there to drop off the kid, and you know what? You booked from 8 to 10, but you'd love to be able to go 8 to midnight or maybe even an hour earlier. If you're in the system, generally speaking, and Andrew certainly has a good example of why that may not be the case, but generally speaking, if you're in the system, they're far more agreeable to extending that window uh, on the time. So like basically, you know, I would call up maybe a little before 8 o'clock or when I drop off the kid, be like, oh, I know that... You know, my daughter's supposed to be here from 8 to 10. Can we make that 8 to 11.30? Almost every... I really struggle to think of a time they've ever told me no. But almost every time, it's like, oh, yeah, no problem at all. As long as you give them advance notice, like, you know, like you tell... You don't... Basically, what I mean is you... You know, you're not, you know I don't say anything, and then I don't show up until 11.30. You got to <laughs> let them know about that. But, you know, be nice about it. Be understanding if they say no. But that's generally been my experience. But, Andrew, yeah, definitely your experience is not what I would uh, consider to be the norm. In fact, the fact that you had capacity issues in the kids' pool is really surprising. He went December 10th to 11th, 17th, which is that week before Christmas week. If you were on the next week cruise, the, 7th, the 17th to, what, 24th, I'm assuming? That would have been... I mean, that's that's Christmas week, right? I mean, everyone's off then. I could totally see that. I'm fairly surprised, but I would tell you, Andrew, that if you were to go on another cruise... I think you're, assuming your kid is still under three, I don't know that you have that exact same experience, but I appreciate you emailing us in because it's, it's good to be able to share those kinds of stories here. And certainly I, I think it, it brings up some good uh, tips and strategies. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
We have uh, time for one more email, I think. And we're going to go to Jeremy from Arkansas. Hey, Matt, thank you for all you do on Media Empire. And thank you for all your readers, listeners, for sharing their knowledge. Truly a great group of people. Everyone has been invaluable in getting us ready for our first Royal Caribbean cruise on Harmony of the Seas in October 2018. We'll be going to St. Martin, San Juan, and Labadee. This will be our first time in all these ports. In St. Martin, there will only be two of us. And we'd like to do an island tour and go to Maho Beach for a short time, as well as try some local food. Look, it's been about four to five hours on the entire tour. What would be the best option for that? And he's got some options here. Number one, don't book an excursion. Just take taxis around. I've heard you mention Mr. Leo Brown is something he would do. If so, can you let me know how to get a hold of him and how far in advance we'd recommend getting in touch with him? Number two, should we book a regular excursion to Royal Caribbean? We haven't found anything to our liking quite yet. Number three, use Royal Caribbean's private journeys option. Or number four, something else I'm not thinking of. Any suggestions on a good place for local cuisine? Any can't-miss highlights? Thank you again. Keep up the great work. Jeremy, great question. Great place. So in the case of St. Martin... If it wasn't for St. Martin, Jeremy, my answer would be different. But in the case of St. Martin, I would absolutely, positively recommend my good friend, Leo Brown. Leo Brown, if you're new to my podcast, welcome. Leo Brown is a driver, a taxi driver in St. Martin. A number of years ago, we were in a situation like Jeremy. We wanted to do a little potpourri. You know, we didn't know what we wanted to do. So we got off the ship, and we walked around and in Phillipsburg, and I eventually found a taxi driver who was willing to take us around. Because a lot of times, the taxi drivers want groups or... They, a lot of them weren't looking to do what we were going to do. I wanted a driver who was going to take us, you know, from point A to point B to point C, just like Jeremy kind of said, you know, a little, little taste of everything. And he was willing to do it, and it turned out to be such a blessing because uh, Leo was just incredible. And every single time we've gone back to St. Martin, which is probably now five times or so, we've always used him. He's incredibly nice, incredibly knowledgeable. He grew up on the island, knows everything about it. And he can, you know, if you're looking for local food, if you're looking for good spots, I mean, he is the guy for it. He knows the island like the back of his hand. And the best part is his rates are incredibly uh, reasonable. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to send you an email. Actually, you're probably going to get this email before this podcast comes out. But uh, I'll have sent you an email to check your email if you haven't gotten it uh, with the Leo's contact information. Uh, definitely, that'd be the, the way I would go. Now, if you're talking about other islands in general, something like this, you know, I generally am a big fan, especially in the Caribbean, of taking taxis around. Even in St. Martin, if you wanted to forego the Leo option, it's very easy to get a taxi in St. Martin and to, you know, go you know, take a taxi from, you know, where your ship docks to Marigo. Spend a couple hours there, find, pick up a taxi there, go to Maho, and then, you know, find a taxi driver there and say, hey, look, we want to go somewhere to lunch. Can you recommend a place? Uh, these guys, I mean, they, they live here. They know it. It's not a very big island, so they're going to be able to help you out there as well. You can certainly go that route. The private journeys option through Royal Caribbean, which is, if you're unfamiliar with it, Royal Caribbean debuted, I think, last year, a a new option where you can book your own private shore excursions through Royal Caribbean. So you, you get all the benefits of booking through Royal Caribbean, namely that, you know, the ship will wait for you and all those kinds of things. Uh, but, and, you know, but, but you get it's on a group tour. It's you're on your own. Uh, obviously, you're, it's going to cost you a little bit more money than a group tour would be, but it's a fairly reasonable thing, quite honestly. And I think that it's uh, it's pretty nice. And I'm in fact, I'm looking at using it for my upcoming Rhapsody cruise again. I used it when we were on Navigator of the Seas and really enjoyed that quite a bit. We did a, a review of it at RoakerMainBlog.com. But uh, that's not a bad option. But I think in the case of St. Martin, I would definitely go with Leo Brown or certainly send me an email. And again, I'll send the contact information. If you want his contact, Leo's contact info, by the way, just send me an email. I'm not keen on like putting people's phone numbers on a podcast. So sending an email, I think, is more reasonable. And of course, you can always send me an email, matt at rokerbeamblog.com, and I will be happy to share it with you. Thank you, Jeremy, and thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode. Do appreciate it. Uh, so until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.